My name is Ollie Peer. And I'm Tim Warward. And this is the Abray. Final day, Olympic special, golden. Let me put those words, let me, I'll rearrange those words so it's English. Shall I? <laughs> Why are you so bad at that bit? Oh, because it no, just no. doesn't make sense, does it? No, no. It's and day this 16. Is the, this is no, the upgrade. No, no, you've had your chance. It's you day 16. You can't put it... No, you can't <laughs> put it in like that. What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. As the last of the balloons are blown up in time for the closing ceremony and the dancers warm up their loins with burning hot coals ready for an interpretive dance about human endeavour that no one understands, myself and Tim have slinked our way back to our log cabin podcast studio for the last time in these Winter Olympic special daily podcasts. Uh, to yeah. chat all things limpery. Hey, Tim. Morning, mate. How are you doing? How are you now? Because you're done now. This is it. You've, you've finished. You've rested. I'm I'm rested. Finished. Very weird. Uh, had to go around and say my goodbyes. Walk around the BBC offices, didn't I? Mm. Strut around. Talk loudly just so I can, you know. Um, so people kind of, their ears prick up. And they're like, oh, that's the guy. Maybe I should say thank you to him. So, uh <laughs> Do you know what? Right? Know you, say, you say you say no no really. you say that with a with a hint a hint of uh, you know like you're joking but there's there's an element of truth to that isn't there? I mean you've got to no, you've got I to it, in your career in your kind of, in your line of work you have to have have to have a bit of a bit of ego you've got to you've got to have that in a nice way not like in a, I don't mean this in a horrible <laughs> way but you have to you do that then you must you must do. Are you journalinging me? You're journaling me, aren't you? <laughs> You're trying to like make me say something. You should see his you, face. You, just, you should see his you've face. You've just gone into journalist mode. I've told you you're not allowed to go into journalist mode with me. No, I just I um, genuinely intrigued by it, Tim. I just you, you don't have to answer the question. Don't I, feel like you have to answer I, the question. No, here it comes. You're going to get it. I went into the BBC studios uh, into Key House floor three, which is where a lot of the snow sporty bits come from, uh, and I went and said my goodbyes. I said goodbye to John Nicholson, who is the Series executive of Ski Sunday. That was um, a selective goodbye. Been, that one, yeah. It flipping was. Give me a job is what that. Well, that wasn't a goodbye. That was just to give me a job. I didn't actually say goodbye to him. I was like, just give me a job. Uh, and then I saw JJ. I saw your friend JJ Chalmers. Ah, oh, JJ um, Chalmers. So I saw him. Um, said goodbye to him. Got on really well. We exchanged numbers. We're mates now. So um, texting each other and. Uh, yeah, said goodbye. Saw a few of the friends, Helen and Sarah Richardson from the BBC. They're like producers, so they like make cool stuff. And then, um, and that was it. And then I walked I, out. I um, I feel like we should do a live test to um, test your friendship with JJ. I think you should message him now at uh, twenty past eight in the morning and just say, um, uh, "Give me three three word summary for the games that we can use in the podcast." And if he doesn't get back by the okay. time we finish recording, then he's not your friend. Uh, but if he, oh. <laughs> but if he does... I love this challenge. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, mate, is what I've started with. Hey, mate, hope you got home okay. Oh my god, you're going in with that. 
Please, can I have a three-word summary of the games? You should have started off with, hey, hey, friend. Hey, best friend. Hey, friend. Hey, BFF. You're my BFF, Um, JJ. Can I? Okay, done. Gone. Right, okay. If he doesn't get back to you, he's not your friend. And, you know, it's happened. It's happened. I think, actually, probably should address this first. What are you wearing? It's a Japanese kimono. Is it? Because you look like yeah. you're... Uh, it looks like a, 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 a posh restaurant chef top. You, <laughs> like you could be a chef. Do you know what I mean? No, it's... You have your little name yeah. there in, in italics, Tim. And then you look like... I've borrowed these. I've borrowed these from this, this thing. Um, it's it, What it is, is it's like a towel-like thin kimono... Um, Japanese, it's like three quarter length from, uh, and I've borrowed it from a hotel in Japan, and I'm going to take it back to them in a couple of years. Okay, why are you wearing it? Why are you wearing it? It's like my, it's like my dressing gown. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I actually thought you were wearing it because um, Team GB, Team GB beat Japan yesterday. Yeah. Or today, rather, I should say, it beat. That's our uh, gold medal um, trumpet. Gold medal? Mate, how good is that? We've not had a chance to get out the gold medal trumpet, have we? Um, We haven't. They finally did it while we were sleeping. We can finally do something that happened while we were sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, while we were sleeping and Tim was sleeping in his Japanese kimono, uh, we beat Japan. So I think any time that we're competing against Japan in anything, you should always sleep in your Japanese kimono because it means that... I think it's fair to say... And you will know this as a curling expert, Ollie. Mm-hmm. Yep. We didn't just beat Japan. We thrashed Japan. We did thrash Japan. Yeah, the uh, the final score. He's just getting up on his computer screen. Because he's not got... He's just getting it up. We're not, he's just going to get the uh, <laughs> results. I'm just going to get the results. Still nothing from JJ. Yeah, well, he's not your friend, that's why. We beat Japan. You're absolutely right. We didn't just beat Japan. We thrashed Japan. 10-3. Yeah. 10-3. 10-3. In your face, Japan. Although, I don't really mean that because I like, I like Japanese people and I like Japan, the country. I've been once. It's lovely. It's a beautiful place. But we have done that, so that's pretty good, isn't it? Really good. <clears throat> really good. Ended on a high. I do feel, and maybe this is for, for another podcast, uh, not our celebratory kind of end of the Olympics podcast but I don't think it will keep the vultures at bay really um, because they're out there aren't they the, the the people against the Olympics and against you know we, we we did touch on it briefly earlier on about oh is it a success is it a success if, oh it's a waste of my money it's a waste of my money that they're out there millions and they've come out with nothing they've come out with no medals I wanted to do the knot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. Do you know what? This is, the, you... this is my one acting. This is the thing. Yeah, do it. yeah, you, do yeah the you did not. <laughs> Who's that? It's Lizzie. Hi. Lizzie who? Lizzie Arnold. Um, what was with the knock? <laughs> I, do, I just thought I'd do it fancy, you know, like a secret knock or something. Yeah. A delicate knock. Do you have... 
Thank you. It was a delicate knock. It was a fancy knock. How, how are you? How are you doing? Where are you? I know you're in the Log Gambling Podcast studio. Oh, obviously. But where, yes. where are you? Because you've, uh, you've been moving around quite a lot the last few days. Haven't you? You've had a bit of a mad few days. Yeah, I've had a mad one. But obviously, Winter Olympics, I'm back up in Salford. So I'm with the crew today for the closing ceremony, which is... It was quite tense working out what I was going to wear. Like, mm. I mean, we can talk about all this fun stuff now. The athletes have done awesome. Like, the athletes... And I love talking about athletes. Whereas I was panicking, like, what shoes do I wear? What sh- what demo is Shemi going to make me do? Like, what do I need to be prepared for? Yeah, how do you, how much do you have to bring your A game? That would petrify me going in with Shemi in the studio. Because I, I just, I only saw Shemi once, which was yesterday, as I was leaving. And he's got energy. I was, I was, she's got the most energy. And I was trying to leave yeah, the yeah. building. And I was like, see you soon, then take care. She kind of wouldn't let me leave. And she was in the makeup chair at this point anyway and she's just a whirlwind of and yeah, she's they, talking they, about she was talking about what to do in the studios and demos and she's uh, so other... helpful there was this real crew last week of amy fuller sarah lindsay claire balding we went for coffee every morning with shemi of course as well and everyone's just like helping each other like you know make sure that we're pumped for it and, and getting the right messages across because we love sports so much we're so passionate about getting the athlete story and getting the technicality across it was really, it, it was such a relief and it kept me going, I think, to know that the other, like, pundits were behind me in a way and pumped for me. Shemi, though, yeah, I know... definitely no- a really good egg, though. I, I noticed this. Sorry, she did. Well, no, no, she's fine, it's fine. I, I noticed on her Instagram she did a paid partnership with some CBD oil. Do you think, do you think that that's got something to do with it? She's just popping this CBD oil and then she gets really hyperactive before she goes in the studio. It's meant to chill you, isn't it? If it's meant to chill like, you, Jesus it Christ, it does it not? not work then. Because Shemi Alcott <laughs> is like a, she's like a, a, a puppy on speed, full of sugar. I know, I wish I had that energy. I'm trying to down all the coffee just to keep up. Mm. But I'm pumped for today. Like the closing ceremony is such a different vibe than the opening. But not many people are obviously going to be there. Many of the athletes have already come home. So hopefully they're having their own closing ceremony parties at home with their family. Well... It's funny you say that because did you see what the snowboarders did? So when the snowboarders finished, they had their own closing ceremony. And actually on social media, the videos have started to come out. They were doing human curling. And when I say human (laughs) curling, I mean the rocks were the snowboarders dressed in lycra and they were flying and diving on their stomachs and sliding along the floor. Someone had taken with them to China a full-on speaker set up and they had this like full-on rave going on. It It was quite amazing, really. Uh, and the beers were flowing by all by all accounts. Um, yeah, it looked really good. So, but I think you're right. It's uh, it is a bit of a shame, isn't it, with the whole they don't get to go to the closing ceremony and have that big. Party. They have to come back within two days of competition. It's such a different feeling, and like watching Eve this morning celebrate, and you like they're so switched on when they're competing. Almost nothing will phase them, and only that moment when they finish and they're hug like they're hugging each other and like hugging the opposition. Cr- Eve was crouched down on the floor for a minute and you could see her just processing everything that had just happened, not only over this past three-hour match, but four years, eight years, you know, she's been doing this sport for probably 20 years. And she got up and I just wished there was the crowd that were almost like Mm. deafeningly shouting at her with pride and and just excitement and everything. So it's, it's been a great game in many ways and the focus has absolutely been on the athletes, but... 
I wish they'd had the experience that I'd had for sure. They did. They did a few montages actually, where they were showing some of the old games, and they had, you know, when we had the the crowds and and, and that, and and you just you could feel the difference. You could see and feel how different it was, even as a spectator watching at home on your TV. Like it's a really different vibe. It's a really different feeling, and it is it is a real shame. I hope for Milan they can bring back the crowds. I, if we've got another four years of this, I'm off. Right, I, I, <laughs> we're all out. Everyone's out. out. See you later. Four years of this. But I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and I think ha- the closing ceremony—it's just gonna be really muted, isn't it? And just kind of like, mm, just a bit there. Hopefully, a bit more jazzy in the closing because the opening ceremony was a bit more mellow. Yeah. Um, but it's fun watching everyone come out; like it's really exciting. Whereas the closing ceremony, I want it to be a proper show, like it was for like Beijing two thousand eight yeah. and all that, and. The drummers, I still remember watching it as a kid and being captivated by these massive performances. So, yeah. Do you know what, we'll see. Do you know what? Go on. Imagine what it's going to be like for those girls when they get back home to Scotland. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's going to be insane. I want to see them. Maybe I'll just get a train. Well, it's we just going to be whiskey go. flowing. The hangovers will be absolutely horrific actually in in the in a couple of these because we're doing these roughly daily right and me and tim we've we've spoken about what it must feel like to win a gold medal like what that must be like you've won two what's it like like i mean it must be fucking amazing (laughs) it is it is insane it's insane it's just like I dreamt of it, you know, physically. I would visualise it every single day, multiple times a day. Not the medal, the race and coming through the finish line. And I wouldn't ever go past kind of that, what the outcome goals. I'd always be focused on the process. But when I actually was living it, I was so head into the race. I didn't really accept that I was going to win or anything until I literally, you know, crossed that finish line the fourth time. And immediately my head went to, I'm really hungry, I need to eat. I've got drug testing next, I've got the, I need the loo. Like, it literally went into, where are my shoes? Like, where's my stuff? It didn't go into the gold medal stuff at all until I came down the outrun. So I saw my coach, Danny, and I teetered back and turned towards where my family were, mum, dad, James, my boyfriend at the time, and family and mates. And they were just, they were like screaming so much. They were trying to get to me. They were just shouting themselves across <laughs> the barriers. And it, it literally hit me then when I saw them and their tears. You know, James was in floods of tears because he knew how much it meant to me, whereas I had my game face on. Um, and that's when it really hit me. I was like, this is insane. I'm, it, I, I can't, I, and I'm still every day kind of going, what, how did it all, how did we do it? What, it was the relief, I think, of it all kind of coming together in the moment that really mattered. So cheesy question number one from me then is, how do you feel watching the girls get a gold medal like last night? How do you feel watching the women team? The, sorry, I'll say again. How do you feel watching the the women's team last night win a gold medal? Does that bring any of it back? Does that make is it like extra emotional? Because when since having a kid. When I watch anything with kids in, I cry on telly. So if you've got a gold medal, you know what they're going through. Is that the same deal? Does it like make you really emotional? I think the kids think you're crying because you're, you don't sleep anymore and you're tired and they're like making you anxious and stressed. That's absolutely Because <laughs> I get that. The gold medal thing, like when I watch other people succeed and whether it's gold medal or whatever their success is, I don't put myself there at all, so I don't become emotional. I just want to recognise. I'm watching their eyes 
their reactions, that moment of when it clicks that they realise how awesome their performance has been over, and I say, you know, over this past quad, she, they, the team didn't struggle to get to the games, but it wasn't easy for Eve's team to get to the games. Um, and knowing that she had that kind of, I've been there before, I know what this smells like, tastes like, I know what this feels like, she probably didn't allow herself to really appreciate her achievement until like they had finished, and I was just watching for that moment of when it clicked. And that's when I think I become emotional because I can see to them how much that moment means to them. Also, for, for you, you know, it completely changed your life. The alternative, let's say you didn't win any medals, uh, just being completely frank and brutal about it, that, that moment wouldn't have been remembered in the way that it is. And your life from that moment, from those moments, has completely changed. And that will now be the same for the women's curling team surely especially eve muirhead i mean that's her life will never be the same again ever definitely in the history books big time and the fact that they were able to achieve it together as a group and can like reminisce on it year by year and 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 like remember it together and cheers the moment together like that will be that will bind them together i always think that about olympic medals you have it in your hand you can take it into schools you can show people but the magic thing is that that three other teams or two other people or whatever hold this medal in their hands at home in their sock drawer or kitchen or wherever that will always bind you in that moment that performance pressure so yeah it will totally change her life the other day you said about a free sofa i literally got a free sofa <laughs> after doing like a couple of hours work at a shop i was like yeah he knows i got a free sofa amazing oh what else free do you get being an olympian That's i want to so know good. well um not Lowe's, to be fair. Did you, um, get a Did you get a gold post box? That was only London 2012. So people in West Kingsdown um, spray painted the post box gold. It looks so bad. <laughs> it's now been repainted <laughs> over. But the local carpenter made me this gorgeous um, little post box that he took to schools and all the school kids put their letters in. So I've still got piles of, of lovely cards and little homemade medals. And it's just, yeah very heartwarming you get a free sofa and a free homemade uh, post box Uh, I'm just trying to work I've got two of them so I don't know what to do with these post boxes like I don't know what to do with them now you can't get rid of them you can't bin them (laughs) it's like a kid's painting isn't it you can't you can't just go oh just stick it in the recycling (laughs) I do literally my daughter comes back like oh this is so lovely can I get a drink shit Tim didn't even offer a drink also just to say worst Oh God, Tim! Go on. <laughs> no, wait. Go on. I'll do. I'll do. No, I'll do the drink. I'll do the drink. What drink? What? I can't believe we've done this. We've completely. Yeah, she hasn't even sat down yet, Tim. We just. Well... I know it's only seven thirty in the morning, but could I get a Guinness? Is that serious? Is that your drink of choice? That's my drink of choice. Oh. And a pint. Don't give me a half. Like that's the worst thing. My mum used to drink Guinness when she was pregnant with me, and she said that it was a good thing. But I feel like that that has uh, has impacted me slightly. No. Did you do that? <laughs> in a positive way, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I was the same. Got home and I had my Guinness ready. Did you? Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, okay. We, we've, we've got no Guinness. Got, what? Seems no <laughs> like, no, we haven't got Guinness. We've got Guinness, Tim. I've got Sorry. it. It's tucked, it's tucked away in the bottom, of the, okay. the bottom of the cupboard. I'll get it out. I'll get it out. I'll have to put it Lizzie, in the what's been your best moment from these games then? What's been your, what's been your highlight? My highlight, and it just literally sprung to my mind, I love the medal moments, that's been awesome. 
But I think watching Izzy Atkin um, on social media, like the excitement of watching her try and come back. Like I remember seeing the post about her pelvis injury and thinking, this is insane. You know, is she all right? Is this a life changing moment? Is this a career changing moment? Is she going to make it to the game? Surely not. And then watching her kind of recovery back when she got on the plane to come over to, to go over to Beijing, you know, that was extraordinary. I, I did, didn't matter what she actually put down on the course. It was just sort of getting there. She wasn't able to compete in the end. But I think those stories of um, of really overcoming adversity and believing in yourself, having that strong team around you to get you to those performance moments, it reminded me that these are humans and that the sport yeah. is about, like, trying to get it right in that moment, that minute every four years. And it's so, so hard. And I think I just hugely respect athletes that have physically been through so, so much, mentally been through so much, and, and getting out there and trying to do their absolute best. Exactly, and poor old Woodsy as well. The, you know, he he had he we nobody knew he wasn't riding. Like we didn't get. I had um, I've got Murray Buchan, and and he'd been texting me all the intel from inside the camp. Don't tell anyone. No, he didn't even say anything. No, literally no idea. And then all of a sudden. It's like Woodsy should be next to drop, and then all of a sudden he's not in the gate, and then his DNS appears on the screen next to his name, and he's like, Woodsy's not dropping? Had no idea. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, what they must have gone through to, to you, you're right, to get ready for that moment, and then to just have the heartbreak to pull out and go, actually, I'm not going to be at my best. And when you see crashes like Gus Kenworthy, did you see his crash in the half Oh, man. Oh, God, absolutely it was brutal. ridiculous. Yeah, you think to yourself, well, actually, if you're carrying anything of a niggling injury in these sports, you get broken off. You, you can't, you can't take that risk, surely. Yeah, exactly. And James, with his back, I had a couple of back issues through my career, and back seizures are just—you don't know it's coming, and it's—it's it's just so painful. And you've got to put your body first, even though this is for for skeleton anyway. The most important moment of our careers competing at the winter olympics not for every sport but you've yeah you've got to put your body first and uh i i i i buy into these people um i love watching athletes compete i'm a bit of a super fan so i just want them to be fit and healthy so they can carry on as long as possible same as eve i'm like do not retire on this gold carry on keep going <laughs> when was the last time you were on a skeleton Four years ago, what, yesterday? Really? Do you miss it? Ago. Do you miss it? It's such hard work. Like, the training, I would cry most sessions. Like, I do this weird thing where before lifting deadlifts or uh, leg press, you know, you're lifting in the leg press hundreds and hundreds of kilos, like, insane amounts of weight, getting as strong physically as you can. So I would do my reps and then drop the weight and then just sort of start getting teary because I'm exhausted physically let myself cry for 20 seconds and then I'd go and walk into the corner of the gym and just stand in the corner like the naughty kid at school and just calm myself back down, heart rate back down and then the self-talk would build up again. Come on, just, you're here, you're in the gym, I know it's not great, we're going to do our best today, we've got this, come on Lizzie, you've got this. Self-talk, self-talk, walk back to the the platform, ready for the next lift and then do a little sidestep and I'd have this same routine, same routine, visualise, visualise, visualise back at the track and I would literally hear the noise of the shoes and I'd feel, I'd hear the little bing bong of the red light to go and green and I'd get myself physically ready and then straps on down to the bar and lift again hundreds of kilos and drop it and you're training two, three times every single day, missing holidays, missing birthdays, missing weddings passionately believing that you are going to achieve something special and 
some days you're as a human on great form some days you just are exhausted and need a break and need <laughs> a lie-in but it's hard graft and the only reason I got there was because I had a team I had Laura Dees one of my best mates dragging me up when I didn't believe in myself and kept me going and dragged me to the Olympics and I think because of her and other people just say you know you can you know you can do this it sounds so basic when you're like the reigning Olympic champion but you have got this sometimes you've got this and I've got your back and they got me to that start line and and I think once I was then handed okay this is your bit now you've got this you are capable of achieving something special you are in control of your own destiny and then I could really show you know show everyone what I was how mentally tough I was how capable I was um it's it's such a hard journey to even get to the to that start line um I I miss the people, but I don't miss the graft. Just yeah. got a, wow. um, just got a, 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 a little brief. You can't tell listening to podcasts, but saw Lizzie just sort of go into the zone there, and I just got a, a very, very brief little insight when you were describing how you know you can hear yourself going down and, and all that kind of stuff, and you actually close your eyes, you're sort of there in the zone, and I got a sense of what uh, something I've never experienced before is commitment and dedication. I, I, I will never be. Yeah. <laughs> I will never be a gold medalist in anything ever because I can't get I can't get there I can't go where you just went that was that was actually quite impressive to see I liked that I enjoyed that that does sound really quite hard. Thing, it's what I've got to find my thing. Got to just find I'm thing. 36. I mean I you know if I want to become an Olympic gold medalist it's going to have to be in something like snow darts. Oh no, hang on, that's curling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I stand yeah, a chance. He, he's got no chance with anything actually. <laughs> Hey, so Lizzie, how much pressure do you put yourself under when you take the kids down the local sledding hill? Do you like know, get I back in the zone a little bit? You're a bit like, right. Exactly, uh... self-talk. Get get the toddler to one side now, just focus <laughs> on a couple of things down this run. Form, form, form. I know. We do ski in a couple of weeks, so we've been watching ski videos Wicked. and practising going around with the glasses on and, and you know, you're, this is, it's all about preparation. We're literally doing it to her. Uh, this is, it's going to be really cold. We'll wear our sunglasses and have these big things on our feet. And I know she'll just hate it and want to, to go and, like, well, muck about somewhere else. Well, it's funny you say that because we took Lila away to kind of her first proper, well, her first one, she was a bit too young, but we went away to Canada and me and Lucy, it was a you know a once in a lifetime dream holiday, and we we're off to Banff, and it was going to be beautiful and fantastic, and it was expensive. We didn't want to waste any you know anything. We get out there, and it was about minus six hundred and fifty-eight degrees Celsius. Everything was frozen. It was cold like we'd never experienced, and so me and Lucy are like muscling through. Lila, absolutely fine, absolutely. We were like, she's going to hate this. She's not going to want to go up the lift. Or did... No, absolutely fine. She she was better well, than we were. They are tough, aren't yeah. they? Because you're so resilient. You, you might be all right. But that that's going to be good. I was going to say, did you, you know, obviously you lived in and around the winter sports world, but I bet you didn't really get much time to ski or snowboard or anything, did you? Because you were training and... I didn't ski every year. <laughs> and the worst thing I... was... If you're in, in like a chalet, people would tweet me and say, is that you? I'm like, no, that isn't me skiing every year. Because I'm not allowed to ski in case I get injured. Exactly. I actually, um, <laughs> I, I, I looked up a bit of the history of skeleton because I'm a bit nerdy like that. Because I was thinking, you know, how do these things uh, happen, right? And um, you might know, I don't know. But it was basically a bunch of posh 
British the Victorians who went on to a really beautiful hotel in Switzerland, I think it was, and uh, decided to start tobogganing down the streets of was it Samaritz or something? It is. So between Samaritz and Chelerina, Chelerina's at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. They still had the Cresta run. The Cresta, that's a slightly it, yeah. different sport. Yeah. And so they used to race down the street and the mayor apparently got so frustrated. He was like, can you stop racing down the streets and like getting in everyone's way? Gave them a piece of land where they now build every year from scratch the skeleton track where there's skeleton and bobsleigh. And the luge, um, sorry, the Cresta track is a different one. And they wiggle, wiggle, wiggle down the hill. And there's a railway bridge that's still in use, of course. And one of the arches that the bobsleigh tunnel comes through, the run comes through, and the Cresta run also comes through the next arch. And it's really beautiful when the train's sort of trundling across and it's, you know, blue sky and, and amazing snow and freezing cold and you've got a bobsleigh through one arch and a cresta through the next arch. It's, it's insane. It's this amazing place wow. um, of where the sport was, was created. Have you done, have but you, we go there one week a year. Yeah, have you done the, have you done the cresta run? Not the cresta. It's, it's loopy. I don't want to go into the detail, but you, people come out of the track very easily because they only half build the corners. And you go up to the start house and it's guys in cricket jumpers. Like it's hard to explain, but they're in the announcement room, the announcer's room, and they're there in the lovely warm wearing cricket jumpers. And it's like Ollie Pitt, next in line. I'd shit myself. <laughs> start time. It's so weird. I'm, I'm going to pitch that yeah, to the looks... uh, Ski Sunday producers for Tim Warwood to go down the crest to run. I really want to see it. Please do. <laughs> Absolutely no way. You would... Ed, Ed actually, <clears throat> Ed did it a few years ago. Ed went and did Skeleton. It's hard. And uh, it's one of the funniest VTs you've ever seen. And it, this was before GoPros, so he had to go down with all the camera gear strapped to his back as well. Um, and it's very, it's a very, very funny video. Um, and he goes, I mean, he's obviously going a third of the speed what Lizzie went, but it's still... It's still immense. quite scary. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's getting his face like grinded, grinded <laughs> along the ice around the corners. So good. And that's when you realise how odd winter sports are. Like every winter sport has started in a very strange place and become this very technical, like great to watch thing. But that's what I love about the winters. It's so different from the summer games and everything is so extreme. It's not done by half. So we're not just going to go. We're not just going to go and do this. We are going to do it at 80 or 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is unique. Oh, right, look, we, we would um, we would love to have you back on the podcast because uh, on these daily chats, on the we, don't, we, don't, podcast, we yeah. don't get to go in depth, really. I feel like we have a bit. But we, we, I'd, I'd like to have you back on. Too I'd long. love to come back on the podcast. Yeah, because then you can do. We can do. We can have. We've got, we have chairlift chat. We can listen to some music. That's what we do, and we can have a bit more Lizzie Arnold time, the greatest British Winter Olympian of all time. Do you know that's him? But yeah, you know and that? I can ask you silly questions that I like to ask people, like things like, "What's it like falling off?" Uh, and <laughs> have you got round to washing? Your uniforms afterwards, are they just stinky and sweaty and mouldy in the cupboard? <laughs> Things like that. Literally mouldy in the garage, yeah. Oh, God, cool. that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to these very interesting questions. Have you got, an- have you got another Thanks, shit guys. question, Tim, that you want to ask before Lizzie goes? <laughs> no, nope. <clears throat> we'll save that. We'll save that one for next time. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lizzie. Thank you for chatting to us. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you. Have a good Sunday. Take care. Will you have a good day. Shut the door. Enjoy the telly. Oh yeah, shut the door. Shut the door. Don't forget your drink. Shut the door. Here you go. Then the Guinness is ready. Oh. 
Yeah, Didn't even it, drink. That's a waste. Well, it's because you got a. You have to pour it, don't you? Wait, and then you got to pour it. So that's why it's such a stupid drink. Because of you know, course, of course, the double Olympic skeleton champion like Guinness. If she doesn't get any freebies, right, apart from a sofa and stuff, surely some Guinness now after this. Should, Guinness should just Thank be you. all over it. Be like, right, we're gonna, what? we are gonna Guinness, right, Guinness. <clears throat> if you're listening, Guinness, Lizzie Yarnold is the most successful British Winter Olympian ever, right? So if you're not yeah. going to give her some free Guinness, then there's something wrong with you, all right? Yeah, just Although send it to a house, 13 Brooksbourne Avenue. Yeah. Uh, th- <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> also, though, uh, Guinness is Irish, so maybe they'll be like, nah, That's we're not going to give Team GB any, any free booze. Um, she's, she she's was great, nice, though, she? wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, you've worked with Lizzie a little bit, haven't you? Do you know? I was thinking that then. No, no, I haven't oh. met. I've met her a couple of times, um, and actually, the first time I met her was in Sochi when she just won her first gold medal, and I forced her to dance around to Pharrell Williams' uh, "Happy." I basically started to make one of my silly lip sync videos when I was out there. I, I was literally doing it for myself, and then I started to get all the British team snowboarders and skiers involved. Who then, and then it turned into this thing where I was cutting it as I was going throughout the three weeks I was there. And one of the producers from BBC saw it, and they were like, "Who's made this?" And I, I said, "Me." And they were like, "Who authorised this?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, "Me," because <clears throat> I was just literally grabbing people and saying, "Yeah, sing, sing, happy by Pharrell Williams." I had the music with me, and. Um, they were like, this is, this is incredible. I can't believe you've done this. So I ended up making this music video as kind of a bit of a joke, but just for me. And it ended up being the closing montage of the Olympic, <laughs> the Olympics. So, you um, have not had, had, you've not had one since then. You, know, you haven't had any. No, no, just no. haven't had the time to do it. I was just um, a lowly commentator back then. I didn't have to oh. do anything else. Can we add a link to that? I can find it on YouTube. Put the link. Yeah, to yeah. It no, in, I'll, put, um, I'll put the link in the, in the show, show notes. notes. I'll put the link yeah. in the show notes because I haven't seen it either. I wonder, uh, maybe I did see it because I've definitely that was Sochi, was it? You said Sochi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe I you did know. see it. We'll put it in. We'll put a link in the show I'm notes. Happy clap along if you. And maybe I got all the, the medalists, and I ended up getting all Team GB. So uh, <laughs> can have a watch of that, and you can see Lizzie Lizzie dancing around with a gold medal. It was the day after she just won, and the BBC, uh, the Team GB press officer who was well into what I was doing, mainly because she just wanted to be in the video as well. She then started dragging all the medalists. So it was almost like, if you won a medal, it was like, okay, you've won your medal, you've got to do the NBC, the BBC interview, the Tim Ward music video filming. It like became part of the, <laughs> part of the Team GB itinerary. <laughs> uh, we'll have but good, because now you've got, it's good because she can look back at that now and go, yeah, I remember when I was in a music video afterwards. So that's cool. Mm. I don't think that'll be her lasting memory from winning her gold medal. Absolutely not. So what's to come next 24 hours then? What have we got? Probably just a lot of tidying up, really. Looking after the kids, making sure the iPads are charged. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. This is the thing. It so ends on, like, it just sort of fizzles out. It's like... Well, do you know what? Do you know what? It's worth noting, actually, that that the world of snow sports doesn't end. The season is still in full flow. Um, The the snow is falling in the Alps. There is snow forecast for the Alps. 
not sure if you've got your holidays booked or if you're heading away for the winter. I've certainly got one. I've got a holiday booked to Saint-Foix later on in the season, which will be very nice. But also oh, nice. contest snowboarding. There's still contest skiing and snowboarding. There's actually um, the World Cup start again. So <clears throat> the uh, the circus, the travelling circus, and I'm not sure who out of the skiers and snowboarders, the freestylers at least, will make the journey. But Georgia will be the next World Cup uh, next month. So everyone's going to be heading over to Georgia. There's, there's chat of Katie Ormerod starting again. She's going oh, to get wow. back on it and keep going. <clears throat> oh, we'll keep an me. eye on that because where, where are we? Where can we watch that? Do you know? Well, the FIS have this season started broadcasting a lot of their events live on YouTube. So, you know, like the Font-Romeau World Cup and the two Calgary World Cups, which took place, you could watch them. And, and over here in the UK, it's quite nice because actually, certainly with the Calgary events, they were morning time in Calgary. So it was evening over here. So kind of once the kids were in bed, seven, eight o'clock, you could sit down and watch a bit of ski and snowboarding live, which was quite nice and for free which was even nicer. Also, I don't know if you remember, uh, regular listeners to the APRE podcast from last season, we spoke at length about the Natural Selection Snowboard Contest. Mm -hmm. Well, that's back, um, and that's coming. So make sure you're across. uh, Just do some Googling for the Natural Selection, and they're on stop two of a uh, three-stop tour. So, Yeah, also, um, we... We're we're carrying on. We're not stopping. We're yeah. not stopping. We're stopping the dailies because, quite frankly, it's taken its toll on both of us. I feel like I've, I don't know, put on fifteen stone. My eyes are about to melt out of my face. And Tim, I've never looked. I've never seen you look so so tired ever in my life. Ever. My eyes do indeed look like those soggy wet croissants trod into the school playground. <laughs> We have we have our first guest confirmed already. Whoa, whoa, shh, 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 whoa. don't tell him. Okay. All right, I wait, I wait, but I'm Tease I'm excited. Them. I'm excited. I'm really excited to, to ge- meet them and chat with them. I, I this, like, I... Well, the, exactly, because this person is a genuine, bona fide winter sports legend. Yeah, 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 and like, but not in the way that you would expect either. No, is, no, exactly. Yeah. Good tease, oh, we'll leave it there. Right. Ooh, tease. Good tease. Tease. Um, should we, um, for the final time, and I have no idea what it's going to be, but for the final time, <laughs> should we do a jingle? Well, no, let's, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Because you're going to like this. Timmy's predictions. Timmy's predictions. Oh, that was quite good, that one. I predicted gold, uh, didn't I? Can you remember when I predicted gold yesterday? And I was like, they're going to get a gold. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah, with, we won with gold some overnight. Nudging. And I was like, yeah. basically, I was like, they're going to get a gold. And then they won a gold. Remember that? Remember when I did no. that? <laughs> no, you didn't. You went <laughs> you went silver. Even though <laughs> the day before you said the men were going to get gold. Oh! Then you, oh! oh, come on. JJ oh. Chalmers is... Oh, no. No, it's that? not. No, but it's it was my wife from downstairs. It's oh, my wife from right. downstairs just texting her daily Wordle score. <laughs> <laughs> that must be um, must be tough today. Five out of six for oh, that is quite for hard. Lucy. Um, anyway, let's get back to the predictions. Yeah, come on, uh, come on, let's I predicted that. gold. We got gold. I am quite literally the winter sports mystic Meg. <sighs> Yeah, okay, so what's your prediction for the next 24 hours then? We haven't got long, there's no events left, this is going to be a really, really difficult one. <laughs> um, I predict uh, a kind of a 
top draw, super slow-mo, emotive music, BBC, winter sports closing montage. Featuring your commentary? I'd, I, I'll, I'll go livid if they don't use any of my commentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I did any kind of emotive commentary. Mine's all like yee-haws and woo-haws and wow, massive. You're the energy. That's all I say. You're the energy. The BBC closing montages, they just need people going, she's made history. That was legendary. I'm waiting That's for one more. Like I'm waiting for one more. Yeah, I can't think of it. It's early. Did, well, they, no, this is it. But you should do that then next time in Milan. You should just go, like, if you don't do any during the actual commentary because the moment's not there, just at the end, just uh, just go, oh, can you just keep the mic? I'm just going to just gonna do a couple of these. Just, He's only gone so and made history. For the first time ever, I had to do that this year. Oh. I had to do it. I had to read out a load of, she's gone huge. Uh, and like do all these bits but then I've watched the output and I don't think they use them anywhere so I don't know quite know what that was for maybe they're yeah. going to use it for the closing montage Tim oh maybe because so, they're <clears throat> they're in there they're having that meeting someone's just gone hey did uh, I've just did I've just done the closing montage yeah did um, <laughs> did Tim Warwood say anything profound did he bollocks of course he didn't it's Tim Warwood the guy uh, educated in the black country <laughs> he didn't get... say anything profound Send him some lines and get him over here because he doesn't say anything profound ever. I did mention about the fact I'd have to go in with Hazel. Oh, and yes. How nerve wracking it was. Yeah, you, yeah actually, and we haven't you, touched on this. Because I messaged you, didn't I? Because um, uh, how, how it went. Because you were on. I actually messaged you saying if they binned you off because you were a good sort of like hour later than you thought you were going to be. Um, yeah. Uh, how, how was it then? How did you feel? So. I walk into the studio, you go and get your makeup on. Hazel's got, you know, there's loads of guests lined up. You're just one of a, of a handful of guests and you slot into the schedule. And you walk in. As, so as the skiing is playing on the television, I'm, I'm in there to talk about the skiing. And I'd already said to Ed, oh, I don't want to go in with Hazel. She's too clever for me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, you'll be fine. Just talk about the sports. Well, I can do that in my sleep, so that's fine. So she's only going to ask you about the sports. So I was like, yeah, no problem. So I walk in there into the studio whilst the VT's playing. So it's, it's like a countdown clock, essentially. So you walk in, the VT's playing, Hazel's sitting there, she's doing her notes. She's so well prepared, it's frightening. And she looks at you and she's like, hi, how you doing? All right, yeah, fine, thanks. Pleasantries out the way. And then she's like, right. So Nico Porteous won the bronze. He got an 863 at the last Olympics. So she's already researched what he did in the last... She's like, so what was the improvement sector scores per trick? And I'm going, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I'm like, uh, well, yeah, definitely better. She's like, so what we'll talk about that. Then we're going to talk about why the medal ratio of the New Zealand team is so much greater this year per capita of the million spent. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so horribly out of my depth. And then she turns to me. She looks me straight in the eyes and she's like, and then we'll just end up on something light. We'll talk about the... Um, IOC and their um, inability to really address the elephant in the room, which of course is uh, sustainability and climate change. I was like, oh my God, I'm out. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> A little I've poo never... just came out of Timmy's pants my then face. at that stage. <laughs> and the worst thing is, I don't know which, I didn't know which side I was going to be sitting or which side, you know, whether she'd be on my right or my left. My ears are quite crap anyway. So I've got my moulded ear 
things. So I like wedged it in. And once you wedge them in, you can't really get them out. So I wedged it in my right ear and she's sitting on my right. So I actually can't hear what she's saying every time. And basically, this is what I'm hearing from her is <laughs> climate change. <laughs> the millions spent of the... <laughs> and I'm like just looking at her. I must have looked so blank faced. But yeah. So that was good. So I uh, got found out live on BBC. Um, no, to end listen, up. That was the end of were, my Olympics. You, um, you were good. You were good. You were worried about it. You said you were nervous. You messaged and you were like, oh, fucked it. And um, you didn't. You, you would not have known. If you were watching that, you just wouldn't have had a clue. And actually, uh, could I say in Hazel's defence, because she's not here, we should get Hazel on the podcast. She'd love oh, it in nice. here. That'd be nice. She'd yeah, love it in here. She was let's going, try and get her. She was going out for a drink, you know, last night. Was she? Spoiler alert! Shouldn't shouldn't tell the BBC bosses that, but she did say that to me. She's like, "Can't wait to have a drink, watch the she's, curling." Anyway, she's gonna get uh, in her defence, she is so lovely and so well prepared, and she genuinely, genuinely loves and cares about the sports, and and she just wants it to. She wants the sports, the sports are front and centre as far as she's concerned, which is what they should be. So. um yeah, it was really nice. Nice, uh, nice to do that. Right, medal standings then, Tim. Medal standings, final time. The final time. Um, we top, top the, the table, pack. don't we? We <laughs> top the table. We won we, a gold. I will give you. I will give you five pounds. Oh no! Wait. No, we do have something. We do have something. Wait, wait. Oh. T- Timmy's predictions. Timmy's predictions. You predicted, right? The um, have you got it? I yes, I forgot about this. Okay, okay. You right. did indeed send me a gift. <laughs> well, yeah. So you predicted, you predicted that in the men's large hill, that the, um, you said that the winning jump would be 142 metres. The winning jump wasn't 142 metres. It was actually slightly less than that because of the way that their weird judging system works. But whatever, the furthest jump that was in that, in the ski jumping large hill, was 142 metres. So I thought, well, that was pretty good, the fact that you even got that right. So I said I would get you a little something. And that little something has arrived and you're holding it like a eager little beaver <laughs> right now in your hand. So, yeah, open it, open it. Ah! <laughs> what, what it's is a it? book. Yeah, it's a book, yeah. It's a book and it is a book of snowboarding skills. <laughs> All about snowboarding and a plenty of places in the world for you to go snowboarding. So no I, way. I thought I would try and find the... Um, well, well snow, snowboarding is victim to this quite often, right? As, as a sport, generally, people try and sort of, I don't know, you know you see those really crappy t-shirts where people just put a snowboarder on there. Snowboarding, man. Oh, it's snowboarding. <laughs> or you see them on the side of cereal and that kind of stuff. It's that kind of book. It's like, hey, you want to learn some snowboarding skills? Page one, page yeah. one, <clears throat> paragraph one. What yeah. is snowboarding? Here we go. Snowboarding is a young sport that was invented in the USA and is one of the most popular winter sports all around the world, as well as among the extreme sports today. A combination of balance and speed above the white snow. Snowboarding is a sport that will make you feel the adrenaline in your veins. <laughs> it sounds like it's written by an algorithm, doesn't it? Well, look, uh, let's do our, for the final time, medal standings. Norway topping the pack. 16 gold medals, says well Germany, China, United States, and Team GB, 19th place with one gold, one silver. Ah, well done, well Team, done. Team GB, for doing that. Tim, 
It's been an absolute pleasure yep. doing these daily specials with you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it a lot. Like, it's been really good. Pleasure's all mine, mate. Yeah, no, enjoyed it a lot. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can. At the Apre Pod on Instagram. You can email us, theapprepod at gmail.com uh, for any kind of questions. And we will be back. We are going to be back very, very soon. So do not go anywhere. Make sure... Well, Tim, you can do this bit. Make sure you are subscribed and followed across all the social platforms we are at the apray pod uh, hit the little subscribe button on your podcast app uh, hit the notification bell whatever it is i don't know wherever it is but you will of course be notified the moment and next podcast drops we're not too sure when it will be it's not too far around the corner and also we're going to be doing a few of these little bad boys live we will indeed be throwing open the doors of the apray pod uh, to you lot uh, probably on Zoom or some kind of uh, recording video site-ish thing. But we've got loads of good guests <laughs> coming up. And the winter resorts, uh, that they just, they're, they're still going. I'm just a huge advocate of the fact that we'll still be snowboarding in, in the end of March, early April, May in some instances for some people, uh, upon the glaciers of Europe. And Tim, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.